Hey Atari Hackers, welcome to this podcast episode. I'm really excited for this one and I think you will be too because we are going to be doing something that you guys really enjoy, which is taking real life examples of websites and breaking down how they work. In this episode, we are going to be taking blogs and websites that make more than seven figures per year in revenue and do not use either affiliate marketing or ads to make money. I think it's particularly interesting in a world where affiliate marketing is becoming increasingly competitive and ads could be taking a bit of a hit if there is a recession to think about alternative business models. And in general, these are the best kind of websites to give you ideas, make you brainstorm other ways to monetize your website. So I hope you enjoyed this. Let's get started. Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. And now your hosts, Gail Breton and Mark Webster. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Atari Hacker Podcast. In today's episode, we're actually going to be basing it off thread I've done on Twitter. I've been quite active on Twitter lately. I've kind of enjoyed it. I like the quickly writing about the important stuff and not putting all the fluff that you need to post in a, in a blog post. If you want to check it out, you can actually follow me on Twitter, at Gail Breton. I tweet three times per week, like big threads and stuff. And the rest of the time is just comments on SEO, etc. But we're not here to talk about my Twitter. We're here to talk about seven figures, authority sites. But most importantly, we're going to be talking about sites that do not monetize with either ads or affiliate. And I think that is quite interesting because in a world where affiliate marketing is becoming more and more competitive and where if there was a recession coming, which a lot of people are talking about, I can't predict the future, but it's possible. If that was coming, ad rates would most likely take a significant hit. So it's quite interesting to explore other opportunities of sites that monetize without affiliate and without ads and that are making really good money. We're talking seven figures for pretty much all the examples we're going to have in that podcast. If you've seen us, my thread on Twitter, actually, we're going to be talking about different sites. So you should still like watch slash listen to this podcast because they're actually not the same examples. So if you want more examples of sites that do this, you should stay on. And of course, for this podcast, I am going to be joined by Mark. How's it going, Mark? It's going good. I'm nice and cool right now. Just heat wave <laughs> outside. Just got. Uh, okay, I, I'm uh, outraged a little bit. Like I want to get some uh, spams in the comments on YouTube because Mark has uh, installed an AC in his office and he's wearing a sweater right now. So in terms of climate change, I told him it's not exactly the best uh, carbon. Uh, the you know. Just for some context before I get cancelled. <laughs> the room here when we're recording videos or the podcast and everything's shut down, even when it's like not super heat wave in, in the UK, I have a thermometer thing here. And it's, <laughs> it's over 30 degrees centigrade Ooh. in the room when everything's closed. So it's it's kind of hot. So I, it was quite necessary. And I just uh, got it installed yep. an hour ago and I'm trying to figure out this temperature settings and it was too cold. So I put my jumper on and it's hot outside and don't hate so me. So you, you're forgiven for today, but don't do it again, okay? Let's start with the podcast. I don't think people are here for that. People are complaining that we, we like talk too much about other stuff. So let's just jump into this. And I'm going to take the first example, which is going to be the pennyholder.com. You might have heard of this site. I first heard about this in 2016 when the founder did an interview on the Mixergy podcast, which is a pretty cool podcast. It's really like mostly about startups, but sometimes you get like websites that do interviews there and they tend to be quite innovative. It's like he's not going to just interview like a random affiliate site unless they're doing really, really well. 
And the penny holder had a very interesting strategy in 2015. So it's been a while, right? They were making seven, they made $7.5 million with the site. And in 2016, they made 20 million with the site. If you check the organic traffic, you will see that it's been a bit of a roller coaster with the core updates. So they went up since that interview and they went back down to now they're like a little bit higher than they were at the time of the interview when they claimed to be making $20 million in terms of organic traffic. But Organic traffic is not the only way these guys were making money. Actually, it's quite interesting the way they were monetizing. I think that's what we should be focusing on right now on this site. These guys were doing kind of like old school native advertising. So they were contacting brands. Uh, in the podcast, he gave the example of Swagbox, for example. So these are like surveys for making money, etc. They're a personal finance site. So it kind of makes sense that they work with these kind of websites. And they would essentially contract them to sponsor content. And they will either charge them per impressions of the article where they are the sponsor, so visits basically, or they would charge them per click on, like, a, they would charge them a cost per click the same way an ad network would do that, like, you know, like Google or Facebook would do that if you were buying ads, right? So they were essentially selling that. And then they were creating these very well optimized and polished pieces of content, and they were actually buying ads to articles. But you've got to consider that this was 2016, which means Facebook ads, for example, were a lot cheaper than they are today, which questions a little bit the business model, i.e. like the profitability of this compared to what they must have been back then, right? But I went and I went digging, right? I was like, okay, are they still running the same way? Are they still doing the same stuff, etc.? And they actually are. If you go in the Facebook ads library, so actually all Facebook ads are public, you can Google like Facebook ads library, make sure you cut your ad blocker, otherwise it doesn't work. And you can put pretty much any Facebook page and you will see all the ads they're running and when they launched the ads. And the last ads I saw were launched this month, pretty much, or last month or something. But like very recently, it worked very much on the same model where the ads are promoting articles. What was interesting is that actually the articles that they were promoting with the ads were not on their main domain. They actually made a subdomain called partners.thepennyholder.com where they run their landing pages for paid ads. And then thepennyholder.com actually runs their like organic traffic type stuff. And you see the layout is a bit different. They run lots of ads because we can see how many fans they have on their uh, Facebook page and Instagram page, which when you run ads, you, you tend to gain fans. People like, like your page, etc. And they have 6.5 million fans on Facebook and they have 195K on Instagram. So it seems like they advertise quite a lot more on Facebook, but it's, it's quite a lot and it's quite interesting to see that. And when you open the article, so for example, one article that I found from the RS was, when money is tight, these seven resources will help nearly everyone, right? Uh, and it's quite interesting because the, the layout, and we'll put uh, some screencast over this so that you guys can see, but it's bare bones. They remove the navigation on top. People can't click on menu items or anything like that, so you can't escape, unlike the main site. There is no sidebar, there's no nothing. It's just the content. It's just like a headline, a featured image, and some centered content, very narrow, so it's very easy to read with big text. And each item is a sponsored item. So for example, one is get to play bingo and they promote a company called Bingo Cash, right? And then after that, it's like they promote some like loan company in the second item and then they talk, promote a credit card company in the third one, etc. So I guess, you know, they charge a rate to like all these companies one by one. So like that, this article had charges like six companies per impressions or per click, or maybe they change their business model, but they still seem to be making a profit doing this because they're actively running ads to these creating new ads. And, and it's quite interesting the way the ads work because it looks like, 
you know, the way the Mashable Facebook page runs, right? It's like a, a single line trying to be a bit like a punchline and then just the link to the article and as if it was an organic share. They're not trying to be very specific. And again, there's almost... There's very little like related posts, etc. At the bottom is just that. So it w it is quite interesting because you know many times we get that question of like, oh, can I run paid ads for affiliate marketing? Like lots of people that can't be bothered to wait for their site to rank. They can't be bothered to compete or anything. They just wish they could just trade money for content. Usually my answer is like, you're very 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 unlikely to be successful unless the offer pays a lot of money. But these guys are making it work. They're making it work not by signing up on an affiliate network's offer, though. They're making it work by shaking hands, charging custom rates, charging more, and building a brand that, you know, they allow, that allows themselves to charge more as well with the brands they work with. Because a company like Swagbox, for example, or these kind of like loan companies, etc., they can't go on Google and buy ads. Like the ad, ad companies block them, but they don't block the penny holder. So they kind of act as a gateway for companies that would not necessarily be allowed to directly advertise on these ad networks and they, and they walk around by spinning content that is allowed to be advertised and they capture, you know, lots of money for these very lucrative companies. So it's a very, 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 very interesting spin on building an authority site. And it works both for SEO and for PPC. I don't know what you think, Mark, but I think it's one of my favorite examples of like a unique way of running your site. It's very clever how they're doing that. Do you think, are there any other industries at the top of your mind that that would work in? Yeah, maybe, maybe like sexual stuff. Like, I'm not talking like porn sites. I'm talking like Tantra shit, like, you know, stuff that like people would classify as like semi health, but also would not be allowed on ad networks. So, like, I think of some people that I mentioned, like, people were commenting, Oh, you get, you mentioned, you know, someone in this Tantra niche or something about, it. and you know, we went to this mastermind and this couple was running this company and they're trying to run a legitimate company around that topic, but they are unable to run Facebook ads and retargeting, et cetera. And I think like a site that would spin things as like health topics, but like kind of like, you know, like soft health topics and then kind of include these things in there could probably charge these kind of companies, these things, you know, um, maybe CBD as well would be a good niche for that. Like, again, like if you had a pseudo health site that, you know, was soft enough to be accepted in ads, you know, like, you know, five remedies for headaches and then you just throw CBD in there, you know, like you might be able to, to spin that up and essentially throw these ads, like ads to these companies that can advertise crypto, I guess, is also one, I guess, you know, like uh, if you do, like, I guess these uh, penny holder guys, they could do a lot of crypto stuff as well, like pay crypto exchanges, etc. would probably pay them lots of money because they, they're limited in where they can advertise. So I think this spin works really well in industries, like when you can be that spin doctor, or take this stuff that is forbidden and put it on these ad networks anyway. You know, it's almost like they're taking the like influencer approach to yeah. promotion, but within but with an SEO framework. Uh, yeah. SEO and yeah. PPC, uh, they still do like they still do still do ads. I think it's a significant part of what they do. But I mean, the site still gets like I, I can't remember like seven hundred K visits per month, something like you know the SEO is making them good money, you know, especially if they charge high rates. And the, the thing as well, I remember in the podcast is they charge monthly for this, so. They can just write one really cool, basically landing page slash blog post and keep advertising it forever. Like, you know, seven things to do when money is tight, like you can advertise this forever, you know? And so if they charge like a, a CPM, like a, like per thousand visits or something, they charge the advertiser or something, they can really just have these ongoing ad campaigns slash SEO campaigns that give them recurring revenue as well, you know? And I can see how they're just trying to spin winners and, and just keep them going as long as they can. And maybe like 
have a cycle of landing pages. But it's very, very interesting. I think it's a it's a company worth studying. What is interesting as well is they block you if you're in Europe. I had to trigger a CD. I had to use a CDN. A CDN, sorry, a VPN. VPN, sorry. That's something else. A VPN to access to access the site. So if you are in Europe or not in the US, you are actually blocked. Uh, you need a VPN to access the site. I guess you might be able to uh, access it through archive.org as well. But very, very cool play. I think it's possible for someone who is quite skilled. And I'm not sure they make as much money. First of all, what they were quoting was revenue numbers and they have ad costs. So there's a question on like the profitability of the company. And I'm because ad rates have increased, I'm not sure the sponsorship fees have increased as much as ad rates have increased. So they might have been squished a bit on the profit. So I still expect this to be a seven-figure profit per year company, but I would not necessarily expect it to be an eight-figure per year profit company, you know? I think this is a direction where we'll start seeing a lot more big sites like this take when they're trying to monetize more. And they'll have, they'll be essentially changing the rankings of the items on the page oh, or yeah. adding things in and having you know, a, a whole sales team of people who are are going to be be pushing that out there and there's maybe you know like questions over how ethical is that or or whatever but i mean it's it's happening already yeah. and i i can see that there's a lot of money to be made here so it's because of that it's more likely to continue yeah, and but like I really like that. I mean, if you check their links, it will say like it will say like affiliate, but a lot of these are custom deals. Like it's going through their own tracking domain, so it's like they call it affiliate, but like it's their tracking sub IDs, etc. Uh, but they, they they run that through like a very advanced tracking thing. I'm sure they have like a, a strong technical backend as well. They probably have devs that like have built like a dashboard for advertisers, you know, so that they can log in and see the stats of the campaign they're paying for. It feels like an ad network, you know. But it's uh, yeah, I think. It's not an easy one to pull out. I think if like if you wanted to start a site like that, I think it would be a tricky one. I'd think I'd say niche selection is really important. Really pick niches where people can't advertise directly or it's difficult or they get banned or something like this. And probably I would want to build some relationships before I jump into the project. Like before I even do it, I'd be like, hey, I've been I've built websites before. I want to build something like this, but in the whatever in the like pseudo health niche i like your company i'd like you to become an advertiser you know give me like just something a bit better than your affiliate rate and then we can work closely together you can have your word on the content or something in exchange like something where you like give something in exchange like build a bit of a portfolio of people who would do that and then eventually like maybe start with just a few landing pages even like start with the paid side of things and then eventually build the site but I think uh, I think that's a big money play and I think the selling this kind of site is probably quite profitable as well like the, the, the exit I think they exited for like I can't remember but it's like eight or nine figures something like this like it was it was high you know so it's a cool uh, example do you want to jump on the next one? Yeah, so the next one is uh, digitaldjtips.com. It's DR66 sites, about 60,000 organic traffic, which is a lot smaller and a lot you know less of a high-profit niche than the, the previous example. But they have 30,000 students or customers in 163 countries. And the way they monetize now is through courses, through info products. And when people want to learn how to become a DJ or play their friend's birthday party or whatever, they have a course on how to do that. Or they have many courses on how to do that. I really like the, the model they've built up here 
around the site because the founder, the 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 owner, was a DJ, not super famous A-lister or anything like that. But he really knows the topic, right? Very well. This isn't a marketer that's come in and tried to build a site around it. This is a a guy who knows a lot about the industry who's learned to become a, a marketer along the way. I think he's done a a really good job of it. So sort of working and by the way, I'm actually one of their customers. Um, I learned to do this a, a, a lot a long time ago. As you can say from the uh, jingle of the podcast, yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> you know, don't do it anymore, but uh, <laughs> I will say like fantastic course, very good at teaching the the topic and what is quite a difficult thing to figure out for beginners. And, and I think, yeah, there's a lot, lot of value created there. Now they do a couple of interesting things though. They don't just have one course. They have many different courses. They have their core, like complete course, as they as they call it. But there's many kind of like specialized things you can add on to that. So if you want to know how to make like little edits or get into production or whatever, they have a an extra you know two hundred dollar course here and there and that. And I know from being in their community, a lot of their members are buying a lot of different products from them. So that's kind of how they're increasing their their revenue that way. Furthermore. They've taken a book out of masterclass.com and they've started partnering with real, you know, A-list celebrity DJs. Not celebrity DJs, just actual DJ A-list DJs like Jazzy Jeff, Laidback Luke, you know, real, whoever that is. <laughs> Jazzy Jeff is the guy that uh, was a DJ with uh, Will Smith and he won like, you know, some a bunch of awards and stuff in the past. Laidback Luke plays at like all the big festivals around the world, it's, like millions of fans and stuff. So they've actually come and produced uh, courses and they have some kind of rev share model. I don't, I don't know exactly what it is. But the benefit here is that you get access to these DJs' social networks, right? When they're when they're selling the courses, they're promoting it and doing all sorts of ads and promotion to their the existing network of millions of people in some some cases. So that gives you a big chance to sell a lot of courses to a, a lot of people. And all you need to provide, well, not all you need to provide, but you need to kind of like coordinate it and make sure it's good and kind of do a lot of the promotion and marketing stuff your, yourself, which they are amazing at, by the way. So they use, you familiar with Jeff Walker's product launch formula, like the the multiple video thing that that you do before, before a launch where you sort of like building up the engagement and stuff. He does, the guy from Digital DJ tips, Phil, Phil Morse is his name. He goes to like one of the biggest nightclubs in the world and like he's in the booth and he's like talking with the sound engineers and their whole angle is you can you can use either your laptop to DJ or you know some less sophisticated DJ mixer than what they have in in these clubs and he's talking to the engineer and says yeah you know we have and they're mentioning some names like A-list DJs coming all the time and and you know use this setup or that setup and they're kind of saying oh yeah it's okay to do this but you know there's some difficulties here's how to do it and here's how our course can can go and solve it and it just yeah it's uh, encoding you know, reality basically reeks of authenticity and just like all right this guy really knows what he's talking about so how do they make money how does it what's the business model and everything the business model is that they get traffic through SEO and ads either direct you know facebook ads google ads or they're doing this partnership with the djs are doing the courses with and then they they sell the courses there's there's a big uh, email funnel that that you go on and they uh, have lead yeah. magnets trip wires lower priced kind of $39 products leading up to the 297 uh, 197 product leading up to the $500 product and and then they try and sell you multiple multiple products from there 
Yeah, it's just fascinating. Interestingly, they started on ClickBank in the early days. They had a, I think, $47 product. Yeah, yeah. There. Don't do that anymore. But I don't think anyone's on ClickBank anymore. Yeah, it just just goes to show you that you know you you can kind of get get started from anywhere. What makes it interesting though is they're also kind of in the affiliate game, just a little bit. So they they rank for you know best DJ mixers for X or Y, whatever the the, the situation is. But they're also they're not that great at it because they have they still have the year in their URLs, so like best DJ mixers of 2022. And so each year they produce a new one. Uh, Whereas they should, I think, remove that yeah. date from the URL and just update the article. So all of the links, you know, build up over multiple years to, to one page. And I think they would do a little bit better. If should they, we uh, if they contact them maybe? Uh, I don't want to be those guys yeah. that's like, hey, you should totally do this. And you're, it's like, sounds like you're trying to sell something. But if you're an SEO agency, that's maybe a, an in you can get with them if you if you want to do some work for them. But I... I kind of had a question for you on this. So okay. given how embedded they are in this community, in this industry, do you think it's realistic that someone who's not DJ with 20 years experience and loads of friends in, in the industry could come in and build a site around this and compete with them? Yeah, it is. So the thing is like, these guys are like really, really good. And it would take years for someone to catch up on their level. But the way people make purchase decisions is not like, you know, there's uh, in economy, there's like, there's like this perfect market theory where like every agent knows about everything in the market and it's perfectly transparent and you can make the perfect purchase decision. Well, the way people make purchase decisions in real life is really not like that. It's actually based on access. Someone who's a beginner doesn't know who is big and not big in the industry. And if you can catch them before they, they know this guy, you can probably sell their, your product. So it's like that the same way like a lot of like influencers sell like overpriced products that you can find for half the price on Amazon, for example. Like that's the, that first access to people who have a need before they actually evaluate the market. And many people make purchase decisions without evaluating the market, just on like emotions and something. I guess it depends on the price. I it's a few hundred bucks per for the course. I think it's, yeah, I think you can, but I think at some point you're going to be capped, you know, like you can get started, you can get access to stuff, but eventually like you will, it's going to be very difficult to get the people who do evaluate the market. But if you are really, really good at like, their traffic is good or not? Like, how is the SEO? Is it's not so good? Fifty-two k. Yeah, but it's a small niche, right? And I think they're kind of like the dominant player in it. Okay, I mean, it really depends on like what the openings are in terms of SEO and something. But like, I, I really think that someone who's really good on like TikTok, for example, or like Instagram, like one of these platforms where these guys are not, could probably like yeah, could probably launch a product because it's really like catch people in a funnel, build the hype, and sell within three, four, five, six days of you like hyping them up. And so as long as they don't run across that guy, then they will probably consider yours uh, seriously, you know? So it's possible, but then the plateau will hit you once you have uh, exhausted all the, the cheap tricks you can do at the beginning, basically. So then after that, it's like, I wouldn't enter that niche if I didn't have a plan to catch up eventually. But I think you could enter as an info marketer, even against people like that provided you know, you don't it shows you get you, something decent, you know? It also shows you that if you can handle the marketing side of things, then there are A-list DJs out there willing to partner yeah. with you. And, you know, you there's nothing stopping you from approaching other DJs and, and producing courses with them and kind of borrowing your authenticity that way. 
Yeah, I mean, I would just interview them. Like, I would maybe do like a podcast. I was saying, like, interview them. Maybe like try to get sets as well. Like, or like just like you know, like obviously you need some music as well if you're doing that kind of niche. So it's like, uh, I don't know, guest sets or something. Like, I would try to just build a platform that gets traction so that people want to be there so that they can be seen. And eventually, uh, eventually, just partner with people. Like I'm thinking of like Entrepreneur on Fire, right? He came in the market. Nobody knew who John Lee Dumas was, right? And then eventually, just through interviewing people, he became quite well known. He became the biggest business podcast on YouTube because he did daily interviews. Like he grinded it, and uh, and that borrowed authority from interviewing people. Just actually allowed him to release his own products. Uh, business products. And to be frank, he had built like a pretty impressive business with Entrepreneur on Fire. But that is the example of like borrowed authorities through interviews. And I think uh, I think that's one way to enter these kind of niches, actually. It's not the only way, but that's one way. All right. Should we move on to the next one? Yeah. And the next one is actually another course one that I picked. I didn't realize you, you would pick that one, but I picked iPhonePhotographySchool.com. So these guys teach you how to take great photos with your iPhone. And Honestly, it's not that difficult. Point and shoot usually, and that's it. But you can actually go quite deep into the settings and uh, they teach you normal photography just for an audience that has an iPhone. And it's quite powerful because you'd be like, wow, that's really niche just for like one phone type, right? That's like very, very niche. But I actually checked before that podcast and there's 1.2 billion active iPhones right now. So it's actually like a very decent sized niche while feeling extremely focused in the approach. So people are like, oh, that's exactly for me. I have an iPhone, it's for iPhone. It's not like if you were doing this for Android, there'd be like multiple models, multiple camera apps, etc. It would be much more difficult than for this. And it's really like quite powerful. The site is really nice and their video content is really, really good. You can check them out on YouTube, etc. And the business model is simple. I mean, they get traffic from Google. They get 250K traffic for keywords like how to transfer photos from your iPhone to your PC and things like this. They have pop-ups, sidebars, and end of article call to actions that offer you a free lead magnet, which is a 14-minute really well-produced video as well, like same quality as their YouTube stuff. And then at the end, they will promote you an 80% of course that is you know, it's. I always laugh when I look at that website because the sell is always ending tonight. You know, it's one of these sites where like uh, it's like every day it just resets for like uh, there's only 24 hours left. And I think I think it makes sense because uh, given the audience that they have, they probably like cycle through lots of people. And the, you know, from product sales, like the sales happen when you do a product launch. Like the last 24 hours are like usually like half your sales. It's like you know your conversion rate three x in the last 24 hours. So they just capitalize on that, all that fresh traffic that constantly on their site, put them in basically the optimal point of the funnel every single day and try to convert them as fast as possible because the offer is only $99. So it's like impulse purchase. Like if you, if you see the quality of their stuff and you're like, okay, only 99 bucks to learn from these guys. It's like a lot of people who do that. And that works really well. They also run lots and lots of Facebook ads. Most of their Facebook ads are also angled around that like ending tonight sales, 80% of sale. And I mean, I know for a fact that they make millions because in Latvia, they've been on TV and they've been interviewed and so on. And we know some of the founders. So we know for a fact that they've done really well with their business. And if you want to learn an info product funnel of a business that doesn't run ads, doesn't run affiliates, still makes millions, mostly blogging and making videos, that is a really good one to look at. So I really like them. Do you want to take the next one? Or do you, want, do you have any comment on them? Uh, no, other than this, it's a 
very, very well executed info yeah. product business. And uh, you, you know, should also subscribe to their email list if you want to learn email marketing. They're doing it very well too. Yeah, even their their Facebook ads as well. Yeah, like they they have a really nice balance of providing a lot of value and actually showing you how to take better photos while also selling their their products as well. Yeah, like if you want to learn how to do these things, like. These are really good examples. Like throw these sites in Ahrefs, look at their top pages, throw these sites in Facebook Ads Library, see what they're running, opt into the email stuff, read the emails, click on the links, see what landing pages they send you to, etc. Like it's the best school to learn how to do this kind of marketing. And honestly, this one is replicable by lots of people. Not exactly that niche, but like something similar. It's quite replicable. All right. So the next one is uh, scottscheapflights.com. I like the name. I love the name. Yeah. So this was started in 2016 as a as a travel blog by surprise surprise Scott. It's now a DR73 site, gets half a million uh, monthly visitors according to Ahrefs. And I found an interview where in 2018 they had 600,000 subscribers and were making three million dollars a year in annual recurring revenue. So I now figured out that they have 2 million subscribers in 2022. So wow. if the number ratio numbers hold the same, then they're making about $10 million recurring per That's year. Crazy. Their product, the way they make their money is by, they have a subscription service where you can get flight deals, cheap flights, flight alerts, things like that. Now, it's a really interesting industry, airfare pricing, because pricing is somewhat opaque. It's not like you have a fixed price to go yeah. from A to B. It changes every day, throughout the day, depending on which airline, depending on which, where you connect, all of that stuff. It's always changing so that airlines can hopefully, from their point of view, charge you what you're willing to pay. But this situation, it creates a lot of opportunity because there are better, cheaper places to fly through or destinations to go if you're aware of what they are. But because no one or most individuals don't have the time to trawl through loads of different routing options and fare rules and all sorts of technicalities that, that go on behind the scenes, they just go to Google Flights or Skyscanner and put in where they want to go. And maybe if they're a little bit more advanced, we'll put in you know, a region or where can I go this weekend? There are some things like that. But what they've done is they have a team of people scouring through all these different tools like Expert Flyer and ITA Matrix, uh, which allow you to search airline inventory. They have they understand what prices normally are for certain routes so they can see cheap deals come up. I'm sure they have people on places like Flyer Talk where people are always sharing, you know, error fares and things like that. So it's just they've kind of created a really nice user interface for this kind of like under, not underground, but just it reminds me of, of kind of like an IRC channel or some or something where you would you'd have to it'd be really difficult to find all this information. But if you, if you want to, you can, you know, find stuff back in the day. But what they've done now is they've made a really nice user interface. You can just pay a monthly, an annual fee, become a member, put in where you want to fly to or where you're based, and they'll send you deals that are relevant to you according to your criteria. And by the Scott's own, own admission, what they do isn't particularly complex. Uh, in one of his interviews, he, he says that it's you know 5% kind of proprietary knowledge and, and process, but 95% is just legwork from their, their team. You know, every day searching, searching for opportunities and bringing some them to you. So yeah, it's worth it for how much money they make. It's ton like ton of money, ten million. But and that's all recurring revenue as well, which is just 
Just but you know what really interests me with this site is that they're not particularly high authority. Like DR73 for the travel niche is not insane. Like it's it's good, but like, you know, they're against TripAdvisor, they're against like Agoda, Expedia, da da da. Like it's not easy to make your and they're they're doing well with SEO traffic. Like very they're well. punching above punching above their weight. They're ranking for how to find cheap flights. Like that is a really high value keyword. Business class versus first class. They have some info stuff like can you bring food on a plane? Yeah. Cheapest places to fly in Europe. That's actually very high. How high to find value cheap one. flights as well? They rank number one, etc. Like it's really good. So it's like I think it's a really like if you want to learn SEO, same like put this on your watch list because these guys are killing it with content. And it's very, very impressive in such a competitive niche as a DR73 site to get this much traffic. And I'm sure it brings lots and lots of subscribers to them. Another thing that was interesting that you didn't note in their business model is that, you know, there is a paid newsletter that people pay for, but there's also a free tier to their newsletter. And I signed up for it and they actually run a bunch of sponsorships on these as well. So they monetize you as a subscriber, even on the free tier. So their blog content gets them free subscribers, mostly, I'm sure, like people don't just sign up right away. Um, but these people are monetized. And if you upgrade, which there is a call to action for that in every single email, you make them even more money. So the funnel is really, really tight as well, like that acquisition through content to free subscriber, give them really good value, like it's made for you, it's just like a, a worse version of the paid thing. And then you're monetized anyway, like the, and, and ads on emails, they're expensive. Like it's some of the most expensive as you can buy, actually. It costs a lot. And then on top of that, they just upsell people through all these daily emails they send. So they send lots of emails to their list that they want these emails, they open them, and at the same time, they upsell them through that. So it's really, really, really tight the way it's built. And I find uh, like this plus the SEO is a really, really cool company to look at. And if you want an example of like a successful newsletter company, that is it, you know? Like that's the perfect model right here. I think they also have a, a couple of really interesting link building tactics which they've been they've been deploying. So, have you ever played Wordle? Yes, I have actually. Yeah, okay. So, I, I haven't. What is it? So, it's basically like you I think it's six letters. The New York Times runs this, right? So, it's like six or seven letters and you just like what well, you have to type the word you think is going to be and then if you guessed a letter that is in the word, it shows in green. If you guessed a letter that at the right place, and if it's not at the right place, but the letter is in the world, it's in yellow. And then if it's not in the world, it's in gray. So, and you only have like five tries or something, like one, two, three, six, I'm saying. So you can try six times. So you need to be thinking quite a lot. You need to use like common use letters in your first tries and so on. Like you can build tactics around this. It's called basically. It's a highly addictive kind of words guessing game kind of thing, letter guessing game, whatever. Um, so what they've done is they've created Air Portal. Okay. Uh, instead of Wordle, Airport. <laughs> okay, that's, I'm not, sure, I'm not um, a fan of the name. <laughs> yeah. So you know how airports have these three-letter codes like yeah. JFK and and all that. Well, they've they've basically made Wordle, but with three letters for airport codes. And yeah, they got a bunch of links from it from like imagine. Time Out, Traveler, Yahoo, Tagesspiegel, the German newspaper. I probably butchered that pronunciation. <laughs> uh, you know, very, very simple tool, probably costs a couple K to make or something, but like almost 200 tier one links from there. So I really like these kind of like small tools. Oh, that's a cool a way tactic, of getting, yeah. getting these links, yeah. I mean, I think I wouldn't do this now because I think the, the hype for Wardle was like a few months ago. Like, you know, it is yeah, self on the hype, right? And it's like, if you did that today, you'd probably get five links and you'd be a bit disappointed. <laughs> 
So it's like, uh, but like if they did it at the right time, which it seems like they did given the leaks that they got, very, very smart. Like it's a very good example of like news jacking, trend jacking, folding building actually. So I like it. Anything else to say about them? Nope. Okay, so let's jump on to the last one. The last one is going to be uh, the first podcast I've done for Tori Hacker as well. Like the first ever episode, I interviewed the founder of Nerd Fitness, which is a fitness blog for, like initially it was very much Star Wars themed, but now they kind of expanded on that. But it's for nerds, basically. So it's like, you know, like when when they do a workout plan for you, you have to choose your class, you get some XP, you level up. Like, you know, it's, it's they, they have a member area with that kind of stuff. There's a free and a paid level, etc. Again, they do pretty well in search. They're doing 538k search traffic. It's a really old site. Like, it's been around for a long time, Search Fitness. I didn't check how long it is, but like more than 10 years. Like, I'm pretty sure. But it, they've, they've gone through a lot. Like, it started as like a personal blog, right? When personal blogging was very, very prime. Uh, this Steve Clem guy was just showing people how to work out with like, you know, a gallon of milk and stuff like that. So that it, it was basically COVID before COVID. But now it became like a full-blown company. And, and I'm telling you, he's doing quite well as well when I see the pictures of their conference and so on. Uh, they have kind of like multiple levels of monetization. So first, they have free lead magnets. So if you go on any article, you will see that there's like lead magnet call to actions like everywhere, like on the sidebar, in the middle of the article, at the bottom, etc. And they're pushing really hard for these. And then after they have a free like membership level that people can sign up with like this XP system level up, et cetera, I told you about. And they kind of have, they call it Nerd Fitness Prime. So I don't know where that came from, but uh, very inspired. And that gives you workout videos, workout plans, nutrition plans, yoga workouts, like uh, Discord and Facebook groups, recipes, cheat sheets, basically an info product for like getting in shape, right? And it's pretty cheap. It's $39 per quarter or $99 per year. So I like that because he's probably capturing lots of people on that price point. Like people feel like he's obviously going for like the Netflix kind of like subscription plan type thing. Like, you know, he's going for that price point of like people throw the subscription in and never cancel type thing. That's pretty cool. And then now he recently launched coaching. So he hired fitness coaches. Like he doesn't do it himself. He just like pays some coaches that you can, and then they, they just get assigned to you. They, and then they kind of like customize everything you do. So they make you your own workout plans. They help your nutrition. They, you can send them videos of you working out and they check your forms and, or something, give you feedback. They text you motivation. You have to send them like what you eat and stuff like that. All of that, right? And he made this a $197 per month subscription. And they're pushing this really hard on the side, which tells me, I don't know their numbers, but it tells me they're probably doing quite well with this. And it's quite smart together with the 99 a year type thing. Like you can see how like people can distribute themselves across the multiple levels of fitness. But overall, like again, this is run very, very much much like a proper product company. They don't run ads, they don't run affiliates, they just capture your email, send you quality content, upsell you to the cheap subscription and upsell you to the coaching. They actually have a quiz for the coaching as well, so you can put what you're interested in and they match you with the right coach. Uh, and they show you the picture of the coach, etc., so that you kind of invest yourself in that uh, before you actually buy and so on. Again, that level of company achievable by most people listening to this podcast. And this is, uh, I like a lot what they're doing. They're not like, they've been stagnant in SEO for a while, but they're doing good. Like 530K traffic is kind of decent, especially given how well monetized the site is. So overall, I am pretty impressed with that site. I'm pretty impressed with where they took it, given that they just started as like a random blog 
without any direction. So that's pretty much it. Anything you want to say on them? No, no. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, that was the five examples of sites that make millions per year. Do not use affiliate. Do not use ads. I hope we deliver on that promise. And you want to say something? Yeah. So we're running a link building survey at the moment where we're basically doing a huge article on Authority Hacker. We're going to collect a load of data on how people are link building, link building trends in 2022 and beyond. Uh, so we'd really like your guys' help to, if you have a couple minutes to spare, just fill it in quickly. So there'll be a link at the in the show notes, or can we make some kind of URL for that? I, I don't know, authorityhacker.com slash survey. Okay, um, fine. If you just go go there, that will redirect you to the the survey form, and you can you can fill it in in there. And for a lucky person who we pick out randomly who fills in the survey, you can also win a free consultation with Gail and myself. So if you want us to help you with your SEO or anything else, then uh, yeah, you can you can win that as well. Someone on the Facebook group for Atari Hacker Pro suggested 30 minutes of how's it going, Mark, for the consultation. If you want to ask me how <laughs> it's going for 30 minutes, I will tell we'll you post exactly it on YouTube how it's as going. Well. That's not we'll, a problem. We'll post that on YouTube as well if someone goes for that. <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening to the podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe, like if you're on YouTube, comment if you're on YouTube, it really helps us. Uh, if you enjoy these kind of more actionable podcasts, let us know. I am doing threads on Twitter that are in the same vibe of that podcast. This is actually inspired by one of them so if you want to check that out go on at girl breton pretty easy and i'll see you there thank you for listening and we'll see you in two weeks bye